0: Madam Speaker, the President of the United States,
1: (laughs) Adam Curry. John C. Dvorak. It's
2: January 28, 2010. Time for your Gibbo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 169-er.
1: This is no agenda.
2: Exposing the boils on the ass of America and coming to you live from the Minimum Security Containment Cell Crackpot Command Center in Gibbo Nation, West San Francisco, California. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And you heard him say it, minimum.
3: I'm in northern Silicon Valley. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's crackpot
2: and no, clearly the Skype connection is so crappy that you think I'm saying mm 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 You did. I said minimum. Okay. I, I was fine. Let the audience be the judge. Well, you know what? I'm just going to make you sound like crap today uh, through the Skype. <laughs> Oops. It's not gonna, oh. You're not going to have to. <laughs> Oops. Oh, it, it, it worked. <laughs> uh, you, the chat room went crazy on us. They think we should do a sitcom.
3: We would have to change. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be crackpot and, and buzzkill. It would be the big dick and buzzkill. <laughs> uh, well,
2: the big. Well, I mean, the big dick. Well, yeah, I guess you. Yeah. Anatomically, you're correct. But
3: enough. About and you shouldn't me. be such a grump, considering we have four executive producers today. Wow.
2: Okay. Lay it on me, big boy. Who we well, got course- executive producing the show?
3: Well, the executive, executive, executive producer is Tanya Wayman, who is uh, from New York City, and she's uh, been building her way up to knighthood and with nickel and dimes, and she said, screw it, and and, and finished the job off with $662.20, to be exact.
2: Should we do the uh, ceremony right now? I think you should. Uh, Tanya from New York, right? Yeah. Okay, hold on a second. <laughs> Tanya from New York City. Hereby knight you Dame Tanya I hope I didn't hurt her That sounds like you chopped her head off (laughs) No, no, that's only on the shoulders It's okay, you can stand up Tanya (laughs) Jeez uh, that's cool. Well, welcome to, uh, damedom or knighthood, whichever, uh, we call it. And, uh, the, the first to receive the official knighthood ceremony. I might yeah, say. we got, yeah, that took you a while, huh? <laughs> oh, are you going to bitch about that too, old man?
3: Let's see. $385.80 from Jordi Ramirez in Cancun. Uh, and he's on, he's also a night layaway. So he, but he was, he'll uh, He'll get there pretty soon, right? He'll get there soon. had <laughs> two more weeks. I mean, one more time. I think he's in, uh, so he's our exec, associate executive producer. And then of course, you have know, another one that, that's working on this, a Spongberg Enterprises, our uh, friends from, uh, Alberta, Spongberg Canada. Spongberg
2: Enterprises.
3: What do they do, John? Spongberg? I don't know. He never says, huh? But he wants the publicity. He's up there in uh Alberta, Rocky Mountain House to be exact. And he actually has a request and uh which is what is Adam's rig? Well they <laughs> Adam- want to copy it. I I laughed when I read
2: that one. <laughs> uh, by the way, you're getting worse by the second. Uh the rig is fine. It's John's connection that is the part that sucks. Um yeah. yeah. i'm you know what, I've I've started documenting it, but it's it's uh, it's complicated. It's very. Com- I don't even know how to document it. People go like, "Huh? How do I do that?" He's basically what he's done is he's
3: jerry-rigged his Macintosh into a mixer, uh recorder. It's and it's and when he shows it to you, it's like you might as well shoot yourself if you think you're going to copy it. Yeah. But. They could use your microphone. That would probably be a start.
2: Yeah, that's good. I mean I I want to document all of this. Uh, God John, it's unbelievable. We you you call in, it sounds great, and then, well let's get through the, the uh the executive producers and I'll bitch about it. All that. right,
3: last is Gogo's Michael.
2: Gogos or Michael
3: Gogos, I think is sorry.
2: Michael Gogo's
3: uh, two eighty four. And he is from Tokyo.
2: Hey, excellent. Wow. Okay, well uh, it's fantastic. Good morning. Ava just walked in. Well, that's fantastic. We've got uh, three uh, executive producers for this show. The uh, top dog being Tanya from uh, New York City, uh, the uh, executive producer. I'm just uh, filling out the the credit roll here. And then, of course, the associate executive producers, Jordi Ramirez, Spongberg uh, Enterprises, and Michael Gogos from uh, from Tokyo. You know the deal. Put this on your resume. Um, pull out the snippet from this recording if you need to back it up, and you're guaranteed to get
4: jobs, jobs,
2: jobs, and jobs. Let's vote for jobs! Yeah! And it really works. Even, even people who have not put it on their, uh, on their resume have just gotten jobs by donating to the show. They got a job, right? We've proven this. Karma. Karma. Indeed. Um, so I'm, I'm just not going to say anything more about the quality of your, uh, of your connection. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at my uh, task manager to see if
3: there's anything, you know, possibly running because I know there's nothing else in the house. Um, I don't see anything going on.
2: How many, look at it and tell me how many, uh, bits are you sending out? You can see that on the ta- on the. don't you have a, a bandwidth monitor in the, in the PC?
3: Uh, you know I have a really good one on the other p c but this one here just has the whatever the network monitor says
2: i mean it's just it 's just it just degrades. you come in great loud and clear and then it goes dum, 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 steps right down to crap so that's skype saying on your end saying ooh i don't have a good connection i 've got to lower the the bit rate it it 's your skype that's doing it that's let 's put it that way your skype oh. is lowering the bit rate. Why is it my Skype? Because that's the way Skype works. When my connection starts to fill up, when, like, Mickey sends out a picture, then all of a sudden, my Skype degrades the connection.
3: When your Skype degrades the connection, what does that do to to, to me sounding good or
2: bad? No, it does nothing to you. Then you hear me sounding like crap. You see? I've never heard you sounding like crap. That's yes, the, the, yes, you did. The minute Mickey sent a picture a, uh, a couple of weeks ago, you said, Oh, you just, it just sounds like you went to shortwave. And I said, Oh, hold on a second. I, and I could see the what was happening right here on the connection. And she was sending out a picture. My connection gets crunched, and then Skype starts to degrade the codec. So it's something in your place. It's your son, that commie. He's sabotaging it.
3: <laughs> he's in Washington at the moment. Well,
2: he's VPN'd in somehow.
3: So, um, I'm not uh, completely uh, buying into your, uh, although I can still, of course, I have a new router, so I have to change the port forwarding. Oh, but I'm not completely th- th- buying this because this never happens when you're not in San Francisco. It does. It does happen.
2: Well, and it doesn't happen with anybody but you. Well, isn't that unfortunate that we'd have to do a show twice a week and it sucks? I think you need to move. I think you need to get something other than AT&T DSL. <laughs> yeah, if it was available, we went through that. I can't get anything. Anyway.
3: <sighs> I'll just
2: have to live with it.
3: I think so. Unfortunately, the audience has to live with it. You shouldn't be so concerned.
2: Well, it's hard to hear you sometimes. I wonder what this thing here, there's this interesting little program called
3: iPod Service.
2: Uh, That listens to to your USB, and if you connect an iPod, then it fires up your iTunes.
3: It keeps coming and bouncing around where I don't like seeing it. I think I'm going to get rid of it.
2: You know what? I think you should just get a Mac. What's that going to do? How's that going to change my Skype connection? Well, I don't know, because I know more about Macs than I can help you troubleshoot. <laughs> it's Windows, man. It's like, there's all kinds. of. It's always talking to home base. It's always doing something. It's communicating with the NSA and the CIA. You know, I, re- I truly believe that there is something in your system that is uploading. That's why I said Carbonite. You've got to have some online backup system or something that's firing up.
3: Not on this machine. There's really literally nothing on here. Yeah, okay. So what is this?
2: NSA.sendhome.exe. .exe. <laughs> <do you> <laughs> <that is? laughs> hmm, well, I wonder what that could be. <laughs> all right, John, let's get into the meat of this program. Uh, it was funny to watch uh, all the the tweets coming by last night. People are saying, oh, I know what they're going to be talking about on no agenda. And I'm like, uh, do people really think that we're going to comment for a long while on that State of the Union? Well, I took a lot of notes. Okay, why don't you lay in with the notes and I'll comment back. We have no sound clips from it. I don't. I don't think you have any notes either. No, there's
3: no reason to take sound clips from it. I got sound clips, but I don't have sound clips from that. That would be dull. The, the, The speech was dull enough. Yeah. By the there way, was something b- b- funny b- though that happened on Hannity.
2: Well, before you get into that, can I just say the timing of all of this was so incredibly interesting? With this State of the Union was actually postponed and they uh, they were, were going to do it on a different day and then they moved it to Wednesday. And I'm pretty sure that we can without a doubt speak of the, the distraction of the
5: weekend. Hey. Oh no.
2: Gender. seeing as uh, Wednesday was not only uh, the announcement of the uh, the iPad which these you know these guys know that so many people on the internet are going to be preoccupied with the uh, with the iPad that they won't have time to be, th- be preparing and thinking about the State of the Union but also it was the uh, uh, the testimony and grilling of the financial division of the government, Including uh, little Timmy Geithner, uh, Hank Paulson, about this uh, scandal uh, revolving around uh, AIG and the backdoor bailout, and I'm pr- I'm pretty convinced that was timed specifically to cover that up. Do you have some clips from that? i uh, yeah, I do. But let's get into the. State of the Union first. Well, before
3: we get too deep into it, do you notice you, this is all done with pool cameras? So everybody was shooting, you know, was sharing the uh, images. Did you watch the whole thing and, and you saw that one shot? It was only done once that I can remember or that I saw of the overhead shot that was straight. It appeared to be coming from the, the, the dome itself.
2: No, I, I didn't. In fact, I was watching C-SPAN and I was kind of disappointed later when I switched over, uh, to look at some of the post-game analysis. Uh, you know, and then of course you get all the, uh, all the networks are in HD. I mean, C-SPAN, it's like they're shooting it with a flip cam. I don't, I don't know what kind of, what kind of cameras they got. I mean, yeah, maybe it's a pool cam, but dude, it was horrible. And, and I don't think it was all the same cameras. I don't think it was all one pool.
3: Well, there may have been two pools, but the pool I was watching, which was CB, which was the one used by CBS, they were, which was in great, great quality. You could see everybody yawning and they had a lot of nice shots of the audience.
2: Well, I did and notice, they caught
3: a lot of interesting things like, what were the, the, all the military generals doing in front there? And, I, and they never clapped, they never got up, they never got down. You know, this particular event is, is probably 90% of the exercise most of these people get on a year-by-year year basis. <laughs> well, They're yeah, up, they're down, yeah. they're up, they're down. Well, they're I, up, they're I, down. I saw
2: the, the Republicans were sitting down most of the time. They weren't getting up a hell of a lot.
3: No, they got up once or twice, but it was rare. But the, but the generals never got up except when Obama brought up the VA. Yeah. They got up. So yeah. I, I, the whole time I'm thinking, these guys are never going to get up because I guess they're not supposed to. But they did.
2: Well, he, uh, is it possible? Do they, now, they must release this script before the president gets up and and, and, and delivers it. And I'll tell you why.
3: No, no, this is already a well-known fact. Hannity had it posted on his website the night before. Oh,
2: okay, good, because I started getting CNBC uh, iPhone app alerts about um, uh, what was one, what, what, one of the policies that Obama uh, was, uh, announced, you know, it was like the maybe the freeze, but it was, it, was, it was something, it came like 10 minutes before he said it in the speech, I got the alert. I'm like, huh? I, I, he hasn't even talked about this yet. It was kind of weird. And by the way, you know what, you know what this show is missing? Because it is a show. It's missing Ryan Seacrest on the red carpet. As everyone's coming in, <laughs> that saying, would be great. Hey, and what are you? Wearing? What is this fine yellow outfit you have on? What was up with that? All these ye- women in yellow. This is new. Yellow and red for the women. The guys all
3: were either dark navy. A couple guy, old farts, had gray suits on from Brooks Brothers, and all the ties <laughs> were the Brooks same Brothers. looking ties, and all the shirts were either blue or white. There was no variation other than that. It was oh. it was ludicrous.
2: Although I must say, and uh, producer listener Chris pointed this out, uh, Biden's tie matched Pelosi's suit they coordinated Biden's tie was kind of a blue
3: tie with stripes going in the opposite direction of Obama's red tie
2: correct yeah that that, that, that by the way is a mind control trick I think so and yeah. Pelosi
3: she was worrying about Twenty-five grand in pearls. <laughs>
2: Those huge. things were bigger than my testicles. They were amazing. They're huge black and white pearls. <laughs> she, she was wearing sealed testicles around her neck. It was outrageous. And and she had a very sedate kind of a purple whatever
3: the hell she was wearing. As it opposed was to all the women it, in the audience, yeah, they were all red or
2: yellow. It was coordinated though. I mean, they they had totally. Uh, what do you you know? I'm sure Pelosi called up Jill. Jill. Um, what's he going to wear?
3: She probably did. Yeah, of course she did. Somebody's coordinating these outfits. Yeah. So here's the one that cracked me up in the whole speech. The funniest thing. By the way, that overhead shot that you didn't get to see is unbelievable. Straight down on the whole thing with a super wide angle fisheye lens. Oh, wow. It's astonishing. They only showed it once. I don't They're maybe not supposed to show it at all. I don't know. It was screwy looking. Mm.
2: Is it just my imagination or it, does the president doesn't he usually come through the side door and he came down the middle of the aisle this time or it, uh, Oh, you know, that's funny. I think he's done both. Okay. Cuz he cuz you know, Mickey's like, "Oh, he's going to come down the middle of the aisle." I'm like, "No, he always comes through the side door." And there he was. He came right down uh, the middle. You know, it, it was totally like the Oscars. We were just missing Ryan Seacrest. That's all.
3: And the- so here's the, here's the, the funniest moment, uh, besides the guy getting up and down and up and down. So he turns to Michelle, yeah. and, and you have to kind of deconstruct this if you want to really appreciate it. It's pretty apparent if, you, if you've been following this first year that if Michelle is allowed, Michelle Obama is allowed to go her in her own direction with her own jet flying all over the world, pigging out, she's going to be the size of a house. In did, about
2: you, a year. did you see the dress that she was wearing? Yeah, you know every woman knows that she has to wear these big dresses to hide her enormous ass. So
3: Obama's assigned
2: her the job of being in charge in charge
3: of some childhood obesity program. I know it's
2: hilarious. Like <laughs> she was
3: giving him the stink eye over this.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah, and and she actually told everyone to sit down, to sit down. It's not yeah. funny. That she gave him and he <laughs> laughed about it but yeah. she
3: gave him a glare that was there was enough to, you know, d- dissolve a block of ice instantly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because obviously what he, what he's done is, he okay, if you're going to be in charge of childhood obesity, you you're not going to be able to go out as a big fat woman.
2: <laughs> you got to get rid of that butt, baby. <laughs> but then she but I can hear the conversation go, "Oh yeah, did you see that Hemby, Peggy Hamburger who's in charge of the FDA? Now that's fat." <laughs> and by the way, oof, and, not, not that, I, you know, people can't help being fat, I guess.
3: No, but, but you can help from flying around and going from place to place and chowing down constantly. I mean, you know, and, and you can if you have to, you know, Mean you know, actors and actresses that are naturally fat, they can they control their weight pretty well because they got a role to play. And so Obama's <laughs> yeah. well, Michelle Obama has now got a
2: role to play. Yeah, it takes some more classes. Come on. That's what we hired you guys for to act. Act like it already.
3: All right. Another we, thing was weird was was Pelosi. Two things were going on behind Obama. One, especially at the beginning, you th- you think that uh Biden was <laughs> a, what? You, know, you ever see that little monkey that has the symbols and you wind it up and <laughs> <get> it just <laughs>
2: ching 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 yeah.
3: That's what Biden was looking like, yeah. and uh, and Pelosi would have these 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 crazy smiles like a like a psychopath <laughs> that would just crop up every so often. And,
2: and you could and the shot that I had on CSPAN, you could just see her her mouth and the tip of her nose in the background the whole time, It was a horrible shot. And you could see you know, she go ye, ye. It's like that big. It's like faker than Hollywood fake. The smile. That, I mean, and, and also, I do understand you're really self-conscious when you're up there, you know, like oh, people are looking at me the whole time. But yeah, uh, that smile is pretty crazy. We had um, producer Kevin did a little tally for us because there were some changes in the script writing. Um, uh, we did not get a single. Um, let me be clear. I don't think there was a single listen, and only one look. Yeah, I remember the look. Yeah, I remember that, too. But there are a couple of new ones that are slipped in there, and this is from Kevin's note. Uh, It seems like now and still, followed by a pause, has taken over. Now, still, Uh, make no mistakes were in there. Let me repeat, remember this. The word job was uh, said at least five times, work ten times. Uh, A few of the job and works were not in context uh in total the word jobs he, uh, kevin says 20 times and after the end this is interesting the the timing of it because you know and for people who've never seen a state of the union it's it's kind of weird because you know, mickey he was never i think never seen is like what are they doing it's like one, why did they keep clapping and standing up and sitting down and clapping uh, you, you think, think it's the, high mass at uh, the catholic uh, church yeah a waste of time And uh, so after they announced the president, it took four minutes until Pelosi uh, introduced Obama, followed by another 50 seconds of applause, 75 minutes total from the time Obama walked into the room until the speech was over, and that time, 24 minutes of applause, uh, followed by one minute applause after the speech ended, which was short, I I felt, and lackluster, Um. Yeah, in general, uh, I, I thought the uh, the applaud, there was less hooting and hollering. And, of course, it was supposed to be kind of solemn, I guess, because uh, well, ev- everybody's state hurting. State of the Union. Everybody's
3: hurting. So, uh did he say that he wants the troops out by the end of
2: August of you know, this year? And, and and this is what got me. I even had, you know, Nick, who uh, works over at Mevio, who who, is list- who who is kind of waking up to the, you know, the guy's like 30. He's kind of waking up. He's like, hey, wait a minute, there's something going on in the world. Is this what you guys talk about? So, he texts me. He's like, oh, you got to admit, that was a pretty good speech. You know, for people who can't really see through it, and, and if you don't know the background, yeah, it sounds great when he says... Oh, I'm going to get the troops out. I'm going to get the troops out by uh, the... No, actually, he said the combat troops will be out by August, and by the end of his term, that's four years, all troops will be out. You can take that to the bank. So, of course, we know the lie behind that is that this was going to be the first thing he was going to fix and uh, take everybody out, and the subtlety between combat troops and troops, and then how about contractors... That's not, you know, he should say, I'm going to get Blackwater out. Then I'd be, I'd be standing up and applauding if he said that. And then there was the gays in the military. It's like, what's up with another, another empty, vapid promise? It's like, he keeps promising stuff. I noticed
3: that the generals didn't stand up and clap for
2: that one. <laughs> no, they were, they were like, what? What? <laughs> what? what hey, wait, that wasn't in the script. He didn't say that. And also, they caught, apparently CBS or
3: one of the stations caught the Supreme Court Judge Alioto. Yeah. Uh when Obama's bitching about the fact that they passed this, you know, they they had a decision based on how much money corporations can spend on campaigns, they're leaning over and saying, that's bullshit.
6: Yeah.
2: Oh, really? He said, that's bullshit?
3: <laughs> well, he said, you know, he said it's not true or something. They caught him shaking his head and talking to the justice next to him that as though Obama's full of crap.
2: Oh, no, that's funny. I didn't catch that. Oh, no, I did. I, they had a shot of them on uh, uh, on C-SPAN when he, uh, when he called him out, but um, I I didn't see any of that. I was actually looking. Uh, for some reason, this link broke. Who's the the crazy Democrat? The one in Florida? Yeah. Who? What's his What's his name again?
3: I don't remember. I can never remember that guy's name.
2: Uh, well, he. You know, hold on, I've got it here. He's come out with uh with a bill. Oh, this is crazy. This Thomas thing. It's like this guy's bill has changed locations on Thomas gov four times and now it doesn't exist okay I thought it was Bill 4 HR 4431 that's what I wrote in my show notes where he's proposing a 500% tax on corporations who want to spend money on uh, on media campaigns for um, uh, elected officials <laughs> of course it'll go nowhere it's total grandstanding but the idea is kind of funny can't I don't understand why uh, why I can't find it. Anyway. Oh, here it is. Okay. H.R. Uh, 4431. To amend the Internal Revenue Code of 1986 to impose a 500% excise tax on corporate contributions to political committees and on corporate expenditures on political advocacy campaigns. Grayson. Alan Grayson from Florida.
3: Yeah, Grayson. That's yeah. his name.
2: Yeah, you'll find that in the show notes at noagendashow.com. Funny. I like it, but, you know useless no no co-sponsors hey you don't you don't say (laughs) that thing went away quick huh it's like you know know the media is not going to talk about that i gotta explain that to everybody how come no one talks about this well because who's the beneficiary of all that money it's the media of course they're not going to talk about it
3: of course not i wouldn't no in fact if we had sponsors we wouldn't be talking about we should mention
2: that (laughs) yeah um so yeah, it was just a, a you know, it was a
3: speech, right? Yeah. So here's another one I should mention. If people want to deconstruct this stuff, they should take a you know take the the Republicans are trying to get this right, but it's like so obvious when you watch it. If anybody just actually thinks about it, so they had this guy Bob McDonald from Virginia, the governor of Virginia, you know, doing a, kind of a slipshod response. Uh, at least it wasn't Bobby Jindal, who basically screwed his any chances of ever becoming oh, this a presidential. Is the, uh,
2: yeah, this is the Republican response to the state. Yeah, of the, the Union?
3: Republican response. So they had it in. The, uh, the state house of Virginia which you know is kind of a cool looking place but the thing was rigged in such a way that is standing there at the podium and behind him are four people uh, there's one on the upper left, upper right, lower left, lower right. And it was just like so staged. It was worse than it. I mean, it was so obvious. They had on the upper left was a was a black woman. On the upper right was some, some vague Asian-looking guy. Oh, guy.
2: They had to have a, g- a gay guy in there, hopefully. He may have been gay.
3: Oh. <laughs> and then in the lower, he may have been a dual purpose. And then on the <laughs> lower left.
2: He gets, he gets paid to. Uh, Uh, Twice scale because he's a dual (laughs) actor. And the lower left was some military guy in his
3: uniform, bald, and he could have been gay, too, for all I know. And then on the lower right, that was the lower left, and the lower right was some hot chick that was nodding constantly.
2: (laughs) Who was the hot chick,
3: then? I don't know. It's just some girl. She's fairly attractive, and she's sitting there nodding at everything this guy says. Oh, I love it. I love the it. whole thing is that you can't, you couldn't watch it that much without looking at these four goofballs.
2: All right. And of course nothing was actually said.
3: No, he didn't say anything. I don't know. I could, All I, the only notes I made was that they do have a website called solutions.gop.gov.
2: So oh, I think, solutions, solutions. What are they? An it firm now? That's what it sounds like. I've got solutions. All right. So meanwhile, all this was covering up a whole bunch of other stuff. And, uh, I sat through a lot of C-SPAN over the past two days. Actually, I have to go back, um, a, actually a week in time for something that, uh, I caught that a couple other pe- people caught this on some of the, in some of the circles that I travel. Remember they, um, uh, they had the whole slew up there. They had Napolitano. They had, um, Lighter. He's the guy that went on, uh, his ski vacation, uh, after the crotch bomber, uh, was caught. And, uh, one other jabroni was up there. So, you know, they were talking about, you know, how can this get guy, how can, the, how could this guy get through? What's happening? What's wrong with our airport security? All the impetus, of course, to the introduction of, uh, backscatter and millimeter wave body scanners. And this lighter says something really interesting about the watch list. This is not the no fly list, but about the watch list. And uh, I missed it, actually. And I watched this thing live, and I kind of missed what he said. And I'd just like to play that before we get into some of the financial stuff. Uh, you ready for that? Yeah. So this is, uh, I forget his first name. Uh, his name is Leiter. He's, he's got really weird eyes and these freaky eyebrows. And he's always trying to make funny jokes, which fall completely flat. Uh, so here comes the question about uh, about these watch lists and how many people are on it. and And what are we actually doing with these watch lists? How many that were on the watch list last year, approximately, were
0: um, allowed into the country? They were on the watch list? Um, a very significant number. Just to give you a snapshot, of course, the watch list is approximately 400,000 names. Out of those, I believe only approximately 14,000 were selectees and only 4,000 no-flies. So. A very significant mon- number would they have traveled to so the this united is the States setup, right? at most would have been met at the border with some sort of secondary inspection it would have been a larger number that would not have been it would have been a, that a would have very, been allowed in. it would have been a very Air large pence. number eligible to come in whether or not they were ultimately turned away at the border i, I can 't give you that number that 's sort of instinctively troubling, is it not senator I, I, I think In one way it is, and I think that goes right back to the standards, or what are the standards? Have we set the standards so low that we really have too high a bar to get somebody into that no-fly selectee list before they get to our shores? I'm I'm talking about the watch list who were allowed. We don't know exactly how many came into the country who were on the watch list. No, I, I will tell you that when people come to the country, if they are on the watch list, it is because we have generally made the choice that we
2: want them here in the country for some reason or another. Right. There you go. What? Yep, you heard it correctly. If they're on the watch list and they're let in, that's because we want them to come in for some reason or another. Listen to it again. If they are on the watch list,
0: it is because we have generally made the choice that we want them here in the country for some reason or another.
2: All right. There you go. One other, so what's to say, and of course this douchebag doesn't follow up on it. Hello? The question is, was the crotch bomber on the watch list, and did you let him in for some reason or another?
3: That is the weirdest thing I've ever heard in, ter- in terms of clips you've dug up. It's troubling, right? Well, I don't know. It's, it's baffling more than trouble. I guess it is troubling if what he says, unless he was just, you know, not particularly aware of what he was saying, which is possible.
2: No, he's. I think he's very clear. He's saying... People who are on the watch list don't get into the country unless we decide that we want them in for one reason or another, which I guess could only be to follow them or, you know, whatever. But that, that makes no sense. No, it doesn't make any sense at all.
3: Okay, well... I guess we'll have to. I don't know. Obviously, this guy's not going to follow up with a with an interesting question. We're never going to figure out the answer to that unless we got a hold of this guy and asked him. Well, this is a, this,
2: this. Of course, is the problem with all of these uh, congressional hearings is that nothing ever comes of them. Nothing ever happens. No one ever. No one ever. Oh, hold on a second, John. We just have a very important clip. This is Reese Witherspoon during the Haiti telethon.
5: Great. Well, this is Reese Witherspoon, and um really appreciate your call you're calling in to
7: donate um for, for the hope for haiti program yes i am
5: oh, yes wonderful. i am
7: wonderful well um we um we are going to have an operator get on the line and actually take your donation have you already spoken to an operator yes i have okay great and thank you so much for your donation you you can't even imagine how much love and, and great wonderful energy is here today and people
5: are just doing everything they can to you know make a difference in these people's lives
7: I'm just glad I could help out. I couldn't donate a lot, but what I did, don't, but what I could, I did donate. You
2: know what? That's the oh, that's crap. The- this is the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering Shit. when you were gonna stop. Shit.
3: By the way, she's referred to by some people as Greasy Reese. Yeah, yeah. Here,
2: here's the one I wanted to play. I'm sorry, I screwed that up. <laughs> I suck.
5: This is Reese Witherspoon. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Oh, it's paining really me to hear her again.
5: Hi, Reese. Um, uh, yeah, I'd like to donate to No Agenda. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, uh- Alright, that joke. That joke sucks. <laughs> I, I really blew it. I'm sorry. <laughs> when we play it next week? Yeah, when we've all forgotten about it. <laughs> I'm a douche. Alright, let's get into the meat. You're not labeling your clips nah, with enough... I, I enabled, I, you're right, I labeled it the wrong way. <laughs> we got to talk about little Timmy Geithner. This is what I think the big cover-up was. Uh, so this was pretty amazing. You know, there was there was a question whether Timothy Geithner was going to be called in to testify at all. And uh I you know, I put the, the whole video, it's like two hours into the show notes. You can find it at noagendashow.com, curry.com, dvorak.org, dot org slash blog. Uh, I encourage you to watch it. Uh, not that anything will ever come of it, but if you want to understand the uh illegality the uh backdoor bailout if you really want to understand what happened you have to watch this because nothing nothing will happen to this guy yeah maybe he'll resign or it's it's he's not going to go to jail as he should but what what is cool is that these um, uh congressmen or senators they ask the questions basically in their question they state the facts of what went down, and then they, you know, then they ask, well, Is that true? Right? And then the guy just makes up some crap and he lies about it. Uh, but if you want it, if you want the facts as to what actually happened, you need to watch this stuff and listen to it. It was kind of funny though how it started out. Oh, so anyway, so the guy has only two hours because he has an important meeting and he has to leave. So it's like after two hours, they're like, "Well, Mr. Geithner, uh, you know, we can only have one more, one minute from each side of the uh, of the room. One minute for the Democrats, one minute for the Republicans, because Mr. Geithner has a very busy schedule and he has to go." Like what? Water, bo- <laughs> water, waterboard this turd. So he, here he is after getting sworn in, Chairman Towns. Yeah.
5: Ranking member ISA, members of the committee, thank you for the opportunity to testify before you today. I welcome the committee's attention to this issue. And we will continue to work closely with this committee, with all other oversight bodies. Mr. Secretary, pull the mic just a little closer. We're having a little trouble. So I'm, I'm almost eating it. I know. How's
2: that? How's that <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. He's almost eating I'm it. I'm almost yeah. eating it. And, and then we get uh, ISA. And ISA asks him a question. And uh, it's very clear that ISA listens to no agenda. Not only ISA, but Timmy Geithner's kids listen to no agenda. And I have proof right here in the following soundbite. Okay, now it's easier to read on the screen. Where are you on the AIG counterparty disclosure issue? Okay, let me, I, I gotta set this up. So ISA is showing an email where a day before the news breaks, Geithner sends an email to, uh, the, to his, repl- quote, replacement at the New York Federal Reserve and says, hey, man, where are you on this issue? What are we going to do? And you're basically like, shit, what are we going to do about it? Yeah, it's easier to read on the screen. Where are you on the AIG counterparty disclosure issue? Long after you left, you made this email. What was it about, and what was the answer? Well,
5: Congressman, as you know, this question of disclosure... Was the subject of huge amount of controversy, and most people. You think? think <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, that's what my son says, and I agree with you. I
2: love it. You think? You think? Yeah. Anyway, the uh, the person who really uh, nailed Geithner, and I, I, I got tons of clips. And I don't even think we should play them all because they're they're all a bit long, but. Uh, the one who really pegged him was Captor, uh, Nancy Capter, and she's she's been she's amazing. She's a Democrat, I think, by the way. And um, by the way, the Democrats equally as harsh on little Timmy Geithner. So there's definitely some plan to to get him out, and probably Paul Volkler is going to take over or something like that. Uh, but she basically just kept making the connections between Tim Geithner and Goldman Sachs, and it was just embarrassing.
8: Thank you, uh, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Mr. Secretary, welcome. Can you provide for the record a copy of the recusal agreement that you signed when you were at the New York Fed?
2: So, Timmy Geithner, this was the, this is the thing that's strange. He remained the president of the New York Federal Reserve, which is a, 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 a conglomerate of commercial banks, while he was the advisor to the president and moving into his role as uh, secretary of the Treasury. So he had to recuse himself. So Captor is saying, could you please provide a copy of the letter where you recused yourself? The definition of recusal, John? Well, that means you've extracted
3: yourself from a situation that would be a conflict of interest. I,
5: I did not sign a recusal agreement. I withdrew from day-to-day management operations policies of the New York Fed, and my colleagues, both in Washington and in, and in New York, can attest to that.
8: So there was no formal agreement?
5: No, as I said in my testimony, what I did is
2: I withdrew from, and this was very important to do. I mean, how, how weird is that? The guy recuses himself, but he doesn't do it officially?
3: Well, what he's claiming is that he quit, so what difference does it make?
2: Well, but you, you, you kind of got to make that, he didn't. he didn't quit, he was basically straddling. He was in both places at the same time. He was still the president of the, the, the New York Federal Reserve Board, but he didn't actually recuse himself. If you recuse yourself, you do that with a letter. How hard can it be?
5: Again, no precedent for this, a sitting President of New York Fed being nominated to be Secretary of the Treasury. Right. And I withdrew from, after carefully consulting my colleagues from, involvement in monetary policy decisions. I did not go to the FOMC meeting in December, and I withdrew from all decisions about these individual cases involving the financial system and from day-to-day management. And that was Thank you. the right thing to do at that time.
8: Thank you for clarifying that. Uh, number two, uh, a lot of people think that the president of the New York Fed works for the U.S. government, but in fact, you work for the private banks that elected you. No, that is not uh, true. Can, can you provide... <laughs> For the record, the names of the handful of bankers on the board of the New York Fed
5: that elected you in 2003. That is a matter of public record, and of course course we can do that.
8: Thank you very much. But, Um, Congresswoman, can I just say
5: what you just said was not true. I work in the public interest. Officials of the Federal Reserve work for the public interest, and they work for the government.
8: But the people don't elect you. The, the heads of the feds around the country don't elect you. It's the individuals who sit on the board of the New York Fed that
5: elect you. Is that correct? It's, it's that's slightly more complicated than that. The,
2: what the- <laughs> hey, sh- you don't know how it works. It's, it's, diff- it's very complicated. This is not for American people to understand. This is very it's complicated. All right. I, I don't work for for private banks. I work for the people.
5: The Congress did in setting up the Fed, it set up a system where the presidents of the regional reserve banks are elected by their board, but it requires the approval of the chairman of the Board of Governors in Washington for them to serve. So it is yes. a delicate balance of checks and balances yes. and Congress designed that system. All right. Nice to get it that is, wait, it. Wait, you know, pro-
3: my understand my understanding is he still got his salary. Yeah. As if he was working full time, so he there's was. a conflict of interest there. He
2: was. That's the, that's the whole point. He was working full time as the president of the New York Federal Reserve, not elected by the people. She's about to tell us who elected him. And he was receiving his salary, and of course we know that he's very poor at paying taxes. Um and at the same time, he was nominated to be the Treasury or the Secretary, and then this bailout has to happen, so he's in both places at once. He is the black widow, the spider in the middle.
8: ...private banks that elected you, and I would like you to provide that for the record, please. Oh, absolutely, it's a matter you, of public Cleveland record. The Cleveland Fed is not equal to the New York Fed, so I'm very interested in your answer to the record. Uh, number three, uh, Goldman Sachs was the largest domestic recipient of funds in this AIG counterparty arrangement. Let me ask you, now as Treasury Secretary, you're chief of staff is the gatekeeper for access to you could you please provide his name
5: his name is Mark Patterson.
8: Thank you. And um, for whom did he work before you selected him as your chief of staff?
5: He worked for the president's transition team.
8: Uh, no, before that. Which Wall Street firm did and he work
5: before for? Before that, again, this is a matter of public record, and you know, you know the answer to this question. What he worked it? for Goldman Sachs. But thank you very Mark much. Yeah, you answered my no, question, Now no, <laughs> no, let me say this: Mark Patterson.
2: No, he, he was uh, for, they worked for the president's transition team. I mean, how obvious is it? He's trying to hide this <laughs> he was he was selling candy bars with the girl scout <laughs> yeah, that saturday girl scout
8: cookies. What you were doing is, you've answered the question no what you you've answered the, the up, question Timmy. Timmy. Thank you. the aig transaction was disturbing to many observers Why did our government not require the bank creditors to take the lead and bear some of the cost in any plan to stabilize?
2: Anyway, she goes on, um, and you can you can see you've got to see this video if you care at all about what's going on in the world. You've got to see this. He made hundreds. She has the phone records. Hundreds of calls to Paulson, who, of course, we know is ex Goldman Sachs, and. And I'll just give you, uh, to to finish this up, uh, Dennis Kucinich, I'll give you his lead-in question. We don't even have to listen to the answer, because Kucinich basically tells you what happened right here in his question.
0: Uh, Mr. Geithner, the New York Fed agreed to Goldman Sachs' demands for billions to uh, to settle its counterparty claims with AIG, 100 cents on a dollar. But for more than a year before that, Goldman and AIG had been locked into a dispute over that money, and Goldman believed it would lose up to $2.5 billion if AIG defaulted. Did you know at the time that Goldman Sachs had concluded it would not receive 100 cents on a dollar from AIG in the event of default?
2: So that's something I didn't realize, that, um, that they were in a, basically in a court case over this money and of course, uh, Kucinich goes on to to state that, "Hey, look, you know these guys would have never have gotten a hundred cents the, on the dollar in a court case. At at best, it would have cost them tens of millions of dollars in in court to sue them over it. So it would have cost them money. Therefore, there was no reason not to give them less than a hundred cents on the dollar."
3: The, this whole thing stinks to high heaven. They should be throwing people in jail. That's the disturbing
2: part. And at the end, regardless of who it is, except for uh, Captor, they all pretty much say, well, we really appreciate you coming here today and thank you for your service and blah, 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 blah. Except for uh, Micah. I think that's his name. He uh, he really laid into him. So, yeah, the whole thing, it's not just disturbing, it's fraud. Geithner is there perjuring himself, as far as I'm concerned, lying. Because it's very clear what he did. He there was a backdoor bailout, one hundred cents on the dollar, and we paid for it. He didn't act in our interest, and he was conflicted, and didn't even write down on a piece of paper that he was conflicted. It was well known. <laughs> they, you know, they, they they should be. I'm telling you, they should waterboard. <laughs> the guy. Waterboard little Timmy. Waterboard Timmy. All right. You won't get this. Care. I mean, you know, it's. <sighs> I wish I wish they would make some time in uh, in mainstream media to actually analyze some of this stuff. It's not that hard. It just takes a little while to go through the clip and just actually listen to what the guy is saying, and you could see right—it's it, obvious he's lying. He's just lying, and nothing will happen. No, you know, nothing will happen. Nothing will happen except that you know now Paul Volcker is uh, is being kind of pushed to the foreground. Who actually was, I think was a pretty good guy. And he was also head of the Federal Reserve uh, during. He was pre Greenspan. Yeah, pre Greenspan, right? And he, you know, so now he's going to take over, or something's going to happen here. Uh, but the, but the way they hustled Timmy Geithner in and out after you know after two hours, like, oh, he's got a lunch date, he's got to leave now. It was just crap. <laughs> I love that part. Sorry, but he's got to go to lunch. Yeah, got to go to lunch. We have no time. So
3: anyway, they also had Bernanke on the uh, on the uh, dais, t- taking abuse from everybody. Same thing. And they're going to probably put the guy back in. And he's just he's as deep as in it is.
2: You think they could put Bernanke back in? Yeah.
3: Well, Obama wants to keep him.
2: Oh, yeah, you Bernanke. always. i call him Bernanke. Bernanke. I like <laughs> Bernanke better. Bernanke's better. I do agree. Let's just call him Bernanke. Yeah, Bernanke. <laughs> That's much better.
3: So Bernanke's, uh, yeah, Obama wants for some unknown reason. I mean, he's not even Obama's guy. Uh, you know, been, my favorite thing is the Republicans love the guy, at least most of them do, and they except not all of them, of course, and the smart ones don't. And, uh, and my, still my favorite argument, which he had on the show some weeks ago, which is the guy says, well, since you screwed everything up, you know best how to fix it, yeah. kind of argument. That's, so we should put him back in because he's incompetent. I thought that argument was the most interesting yeah.
2: Yeah, this—it's just unbelievable that no one cares. We're all too uh, consumed by the iPad. That's really—that's really what it's all about. Yep, products. Uh, this does—this does tie into uh, a very weird occurrence. Uh, a typical case of two to the head uh, up there in Davo in Switzerland. As uh, Dr. Marcus Reinhardt, longtime Swiss police uh, police commander who was uh, in charge of security at the World Economic Forum, which I guess kicks off uh, in a week or two, right?
3: Well, it might, but I know they're giving speeches now. There was just one the other day by the guy, the Prime Minister of Greece, was moaning and groaning, saying that they're trying to set him up to be a fall guy.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, well, of course. I mean, Greece has been the fall guy for a whole bunch of stuff that's going on in the European Union. But, um, so this, lo- so this is a long, a long term Swiss police commander. He, uh, he literally, and I have the reports here that and this is what it slays me when I read it. An apparent suicide. He shot himself in the head twice. I kid you not. I kid you not. Just to make sure he was dead, he shot himself twice in the head with the gun in his left hand. And uh I do have uh, information on what happened and I think this is uh, quite telling. So the World Economic Forum, this is where all the bankers basically get together and party. Uh, or is jo- ooh. Oh boy. I think I just lost John. That doesn't happen very often. Uh we'll see if he calls back. Hopefully he will. Wow. John, maybe you know maybe we should be careful playing these uh these sound effects. Oh, come on, John. Call me back. Uh, Where is he? There he is. Hold on. Don't you find it peculiar? Yeah, no, wait a minute. Don't even say anything. Don't even... Don't even say anything Ugh.
3: you there, yeah, go ahead, don't you find it peculiar that we get disconnected on this particular discussion topic oh
2: yeah, oh, yeah. i while you were gone i'm I'm playing like the the two to the head sounds, yeah, very peculiar and, and I mean we c- we could be disconnected at any point in the show. Yeah, it has to happen on this very topic, as I'm about to tell everybody what's going on.
3: So yeah, it's pretty peculiar. Okay, you found out because I looked into this this story about this guy getting you know shooting himself twice in the head, uh, which again, you know, that's almost like code now. It seems to me.
2: Well, yeah, it's. The, I think they're. I think they're sending messages to us. I think they're making a joke. Hey, hey, let's fuck with those no agenda guys. Let's, let's shoot them I don't twice. Don't think anybody <laughs> listens to this show. They'll go on for hours about it. Let's let's quick. Let's do them twice. Here, one more. Hey, Bruno, hit him one more time, man. That's funny. That's what they're doing. You know, there's
3: there's that possibility, and because I, you know, I, you know, if you're working with these some of these guys, there, a lot of them are are, are are they're jokers, and they like to pull stuff like that.
2: But, of course uh, they do. I mean, that's why do you think that they're talking about? You think in the Senate, dude. This show is making a difference.
6: Then well, me, let's hope you
2: wait in the Senate within this year. Someone's going to say in the morning. In <laughs> the morning, I, I guarantee you, someone's going to say it. <laughs> yeah, all that's right. so let me just give you my uh, my theory here. This comes from my sources. So, um so all the bankers are going to be in one place at the same time. And of course, if you follow my theory, which John, I think you subscribe to some of it but probably not all that uh, a lot of this uh, financial trouble that we're in is done on purpose there's a purposeful takedown of the economy and it's for a a, a whole bunch of reasons mainly to for people to enrich themselves Uh, they're getting all the money now and then when everything collapses they're going to buy up your shit they're going to buy your land, your farm, your house, your plane your car everything that you own they're going to own with the money they stole in the first place, which was your money through bailouts just look at all the bonuses that are being handed out so they come together and they have to you know, this is basically what you would call John the Drinking Club where they all uh, are going to discuss how we're going to you know pull the final levers which may involve Greece and a number of other countries so this guy has to do security and obviously you know there's a lot of security you got to put in place for um, uh, for all these bankers so he apparently this uh Marcus Reinhardt you got to spell it with D T otherwise you get some bodybuilder on Google which is kind of right, weird right, yeah. <laughs> that was for this guy somebody got the bodybuilder yeah I got the bodybuilder the first time too um so he was setting up all new kinds of security and he uh had these hypersensitive listening devices so you, can, so you can actually hear a gun being cocked. You can, uh, you know, detect all kinds of, uh, you know, it's it's highly tuned stuff. And he apparently overheard something about the real plan for the final collapse of the global banking system. And they found out about it, and that's why they had to to do him.
3: You know, it's like if it, it's a good it's a good storyline for a good Hollywood movie. Uh, uh, I think there was that movie The International or whatever it is about the you know, the corrupt bankers I mean, let's face it there's a, there is a corrupt uh, aspect to what's going on
2: yeah, You think?
3: And I, and I don't see this guy committing suicide No, of course so, not sc- He's not wrong with this picture He's
2: been a commander of the Swiss police for years The guy was 61, you know It's like, if you're upset how, how are you like 61 all of a sudden Oh, now I'm going to kill myself you just don't do that when you get to that age, John.
3: So, Byte Law uh, says there's something that they could do to get away with and send a message to his boss. In other words, everybody gets the word that, look, stop doing this.
2: Well, yeah, stop, stop the... And,
3: of course, the code word is too... Too to the head. He committed suicide, but he shooting himself in the head twice. <laughs>
2: That that is obvious code. Then of course that's it, right? That's like out of respect for the family. No further uh, details will be released. Okay.
3: Right. And that probably give them a, a, pack, a pack of
2: money. Did you um, find anything else on this particular topic? No, I still, that
3: was kind of frustrated by it. I didn't get to. I don't have a couple of your sources, and so I was just basically uh, left out of it, left out of the. I I, I gave up. Well. So let's go to some real news.
2: Oh, oh gee, it's about time. (laughs) And now back to real news.
3: There's a couple of things I got here but the, the, this isn't actually real news but I guess it kind of qualifies as real actually I got a couple of different news but I was watching looking for some some messages in, in a law and order show especially the new ones that are produced by USA network which is the worst they took the law and order criminal intent show and they gave it to these other these guys who can't really do a very good job so you know how you always talk about uh if you just listen to the to the uh instead of watch it, how bad the acting is.
2: Yes, if, if you're not watching, you're only listening to the dialogue, that's when you really can hear how, uh, how so, atrocious so I, it is.
3: I got this clip, and this is including Jeff Goldblum, who's a Hollywood actor that should do <laughs> <to> do well, <laughs> Yeah, but no. So this is just a little clip from the show, a recent episode, uh, which is, called bad acting just try to listen to this with a straight face it's not very long but the whole thing is ludicrous
2: so you sent over a, a convincer <laughs> i have no idea what you're talking about ladies
1: Lane, what are you doing here
4: i'm sorry archie i had an affair with ron hemmings <laughs> <laughs> I just wasn't getting the emotional support that I needed from you.
2: You know, that's exactly how my divorce went. That's exactly how I said it. I just wasn't getting the emotional support from you. Yes. I'm sorry I was having an affair.
4: Dr. Ernst made me realize that I owed it to myself to actualize my feelings.
2: <laughs> and from his sessions with Ron Hemings, he knew that uh Hemings liked your wife. Did you know that Dr. Ernst Pimped her out to get Heming's investment? Of course not. I'm shocked.
9: He sent her back again after things went bust.
2: Oh my God. This is this is like this is, this is like uh, acting class 101 in high school.
3: I love the guy who says, oh, I'm shocked. Uh, I'm shocked.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm oh my god. This is, uh, we got like, I can, I can take another 20 seconds. That's about the whole clip. To
9: calm Hemmings down and to convince us the only thing he was upset about was their love affair. And she wasn't sure that it had worked. I told you
5: they didn't believe me.
9: And you didn't want him talking about your involvement in Beulis Securities. <laughs> because that might lead us to start asking some questions. Uh,
2: John,
3: don't do this to me. Come on, you might as well get the yes. Like there is actually a punchline at the end.
0: Okay.
2: So you made sure you keep quiet with this. This is insane. This is uh Okay, we- that's
3: it. This is this is insane. This is insane. Oh, I am shocked. I am well, shocked. Well, you tried to kill him, yes. N- yes, no, I did not. Hey, John I mean, it's, it's So robotic it's in, just- in the morning to you. In the mor in the morning to you to Adam. Yes.
2: Good, John. Hey. I so just anyway. not, I'm just not getting the emotional support I need from you in our relationship, John, in the morning. Yes, I am shocked, too. Now, okay, now I got some, this is closer
3: to real news. We might as well just play this. It's it's the Super Bowl um, clip. This is a big controversy. It's not quite taken off like everybody hoped it would, but they tried to make it take off. Apparently some family a uh, consortium of a bunch of family, kind of right-wing family church-going types that are, uh, 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 Pro life uh, have gotten CBS to take an ad for the Super Bowl. I don't know why they how they can afford to take this ad out and what the point of it would be, but it's it's kind of football related because it's a story about how Tim Tebow was you know this great quarterback, Heisman Trophy winner uh, at Florida. Uh, was going to be, a, or they he, apparently his mother was told to get an abortion because she's having complications, and she said, No, no, I'm not going to. And now Tim Tebow arrives and he's this great football player. So,
2: uh, oh, so, so now, oh, oh, okay, so wait a minute, now I understand what you're saying. So he could have been an aborted fetus, but because he wasn't aborted, he is this fantastic uh, Heisman trophy winning football player. Yeah. Okay.
3: That's the underlying. That's the subtext. So meanwhile, a bunch of different people come. But this is this is presented on Fox. And this is part of and, and you know, I don't care one way or the other run this ad. I'm sure it'll be fine. But but Fox, you know, just trying to make it into an issue because there's apparently a few uh, left wing groups that are, you know, I think this shouldn't be on, you know, because these people are bad. I don't, I, so they, they do, they do the old trick. Well, let's find somebody. Well, let's find somebody who's represents the other side who doesn't want to see this ad. And let's see, who can we find? Oh, here, well, here's a stuttering black woman who can barely walk and chew gum at the same time. Let's, let's put her on TV and so she can represent that side of the argument.
4: Focus on the family, anti-woman. The Women's Media Center calls them homophobic and anti-equality.
9: Here's what the executive director of Choice USA told us: They're known to to um, to spew hate and 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 to to be um, again very divisive. And and that I'm, I have no doubt that that will come through. And I don't believe that it has a place. Again, uh, this un-American hate doesn't have a place in this all-American pastime. They say CBS should know better, Trace.
1: Mm, well, there's a plenty. There's a lot of controversy over the ad that no one's,
2: no one's really seen, right? What do we know about it? <laughs> this is the joke of it. No oh, one's seen this they ad. They don't know what they're talking about, and they're doing a whole stories on it. They don't, nobody knows what they're talking about.
3: Nobody's seen the ad, and they have this woman who's who, this woman who is representing God knows what organization. But she, when you look at. Her, she looks like she has about as much interest in football in the Super Bowl as nobody. And it's like, so what? And so now she's, well, it's an all-American pastime, and we can't have you know this kind of agenda on the show. I'm thinking, uh, what a phony baloney story this is. That what is this? How does this even pass for
2: news? Well, it's CBS, dude. No, it's Fox. Oh, okay. Well, it's the same thing, run by the same people. Yeah, makes no difference. Interesting. So this is the
3: kind of stuff we try to deconstruct everything we can. And yes, yes we do. And so I might I think we should go into our pitch but before we do we should run the latest and greatest uh news hour at the end of the news hour which is the PBS news show which is a, as biased as anything out there. Uh there unbiased credit roll at the end where they tell you who's actually paying for this.
2: Okay. So this is uh PBS. This is a uh, along with NPR and national treasure. These are programs that are um, licensed to be broadcast uh, because they are uh, done in the public interest and they are underwritten. Although some would say it could be called advertising sponsorship, call it whatever you want. According to the president herself, And this is the McNeil uh, Lehrer News Hour? Well,
3: it used to be McNeil Lehrer. Now it's just Lehrer? Yeah. McNeil's long gone.
2: What happened to McNeil? He retired. Ah, Oh, he He retired. He's living on a Monsanto compound somewhere. He may be dead. Here's the the credit roll. Major
1: funding for the PBS News Hour has been provided by... What the world needs now is energy. The energy to get the economy humming again. The energy to tackle challenges like climate change what if that energy came from an energy company every day chevron invests 62 million dollars in people in ideas seeking teaching building fueling growth around the world to move us all ahead this is the power of human energy chevron bank of america committed to helping the nation's economic recovery Pacific Life, the power to help you succeed. BNSF Railway. Grant Thornton. The Accountants. And by Toyota.
0: And by the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, supporting science, technology, and improved economic performance and financial literacy in the 21st century.
1: And with the ongoing support of these institutions and foundations. And this program was made possible by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. And by
2: contributions
1: to your PBS station from viewers like you. Thank you.
2: And don't forget your tasty GM snacks on the way out of the theater, people. Unbelievable. So we had uh, Chevron, Toyota. We had... Um, to conveniently doing a recall, so that wasn't talked up yeah, too much. Yeah, Grant Thornton, the accountants. I mean, this is... Uh, do you think that they talk about any controversial subjects regarding these companies or climate change on that program?
3: They don't uh, do a lot in that regard, but they, they'll they'll analyze things that have nothing to do with anything that's important.
2: So it's very difficult for people to understand that uh in broadcasting it is very very hard to bring up topics that surround your sponsors. Uh it's a no-go area. It's a no-fly zone and this is why we decided very early very early on we don't want to take any even if it's like, you know, GoDaddy and Squarespace, we don't care. We don't want we want to be able to rag on people, we want to we want to be able to, to to expose fraud, uh, bring you truth, uh, for, as, for, as far, for as far as a couple of guys reading Google can bring you truth, but <laughs> at, at, le- at least we're giving you an analysis of stuff, and we have no dog in this hunt, as they say. <laughs> Google. <laughs> We've got no dog in this hunt. And the only way we can continue to do it is if you actually help us out and donate to the program. Now, I must say, nice that we had um, a, a multiple executive producers and of course, our five dollar donations are a, a, a fine base. Um but it's very difficult, particularly when we've taken an oath, a very solemn oath. Yeah, an oath of poverty. <laughs> which is which is the direction we're headed right now. Who do we uh wait a minute? I have a I have a <laughs> I have a couple of uh shout outs I gotta do real quick, because uh, sometimes you get a little confused. Uh Jeffrey Lynch's uh, listens to us every single uh, time we have a, a show on his massive commute in Gitmo Nation lowlands. He's having a rough time right now, but I know he's uh, he's gearing up to be a future knight. And uh, apparently, Claudia sent us a note that she sent us 50 bucks for uh, to have her husband's name mentioned for his 40th birthday. Uh, Kendall George from Norman, Norman, Oklahoma. But we mentioned Claudia last week uh yeah no kidding and uh, whenever we've got a female on the on the donation list it gets highlighted but it was actually for uh, a happy birthday wish for uh, Kendall George so uh,
3: belated yeah belated so well, we've made that. that mistake a few times
2: yes well you have
3: well so, anyway, I want to reiterate our uh, Michael Gogo, Spongberg Enterprises, uh, Jordy Ramirez, and Tanya Wayman, our new night. And then we have some, uh, Some we didn't actually have a lot of donations this week, but we did have a few uh, 50 in the $50 arena, Which, uh, and I'll just name them off. Uh, this is between, uh, we have DUI Help, Barry Wilson, and OKC Defensive Tactics who are on a night program, but I thought I'd mention them again. Mark Iacono in New York City, Brian Curry of Cannell, I think, Quesnel, British Columbia. Guy Brown of North Sydney, New South Wales, and he wanted to donate ever since the squirrel episode,
2: which <laughs> wow. was our best. Which I thought was the low, the lowest of all lows of our uh, of our series. And you lot was, was the best. He the- thought was the best. He thought
3: was the best. And of course, it got my wife into trouble. Yeah, with and- me. Well, there was also the squirrel that ran under the car. Uh, also, we also have uh, the uh, a donation from the beloved internet personality Rube in Guildford. Oh, in Surrey. Uh, Eric Williams, uh, in uh, Hampshire. I don't know that's where it's from. I don't know what Guildford's got to do with it. Dizzy stuff from Newtown, New South Wales, and and then da uh, we got fifty-five dollars from Anna Kuzmina, K-U-Z-M-I-N-A from Moscow. Ah. She's the one who got us to put up the Noah, the, the Dvorak Channel Dvorak dot com slash n a because she says that in russia you can't get dvorak.org because i'm censored spasiba anyway that's it that's it yeah that's it it's real weird because we, we got uh, some good no- uh, executive producers. we got like nobody in between oh, it's just a little, oh, bunch man. of 50 buck donations
0: and but, I mean, know uh, yeah, so, so hopefully I mean, we
3: can do better. We got to, We, we got to. you know, the month's ending, so people are going to be getting their checks. So go I to noagendashow.com, so. no dvorak.org slash N-A, and uh, channel com slash N-A for you who uh, can't uh, get to the normal.
2: You know, I, I don't want to put our situation on any uh, equality with what's happened to the poor people of uh, Port-au-Prince in Haiti. Uh, but when you see... How people respond to that and how they're, how much money is being raised. Gitmo Nation Lowlands, the Netherlands, raised 100 million euros. 100 million euros. It's like 140 million dollars. Jennifer Aniston, uh, and we, we, I've, we've kind of been tracking this, who are the celebrities who are really cool. Uh, she donated $500,000 to Doctors Without Borders. I'm all for that. Uh, you do not want to be donating to uh, this this scam set up by uh, former Presidents Bush and Clinton. If you want to know more about that, listen to No Agenda 168. I thought it would be helpful to play um, the clip of when uh, they, uh, uh, Bush and Clinton were on Meet the Press. And uh, so, you know, as we deconstructed last week... The money goes into their fund, but it, there's really no fund so it goes into the Clinton Foundation and the uh, and some foundation in Texas that Bush is a part of and both of these foundations have you know collectively almost a billion dollars in cash and stocks and bonds of course because they're making money off of trading it uh, just listen if you miss this listen to how these guys are talking about it you can just tell that they are. Bandits, President Bush, what did you learn in
1: your government's response to the tsunami, to the disaster response to Katrina? What lessons did you learn that this administration should bear in mind? Uh,
7: First of all, it takes time to get the supplies in place. But that that, that shouldn't deter them. In other words, there's an expectation uh, amongst people that things are going to happen quickly. and and sometimes it's hard to make things happen quickly.
2: So so he's now actually polishing up his own image by saying, oh, it takes time, you know, whereas we know that they just did nothing. Right. Good good work, Brownie. Yeah, nothing at all. And while he's on the Katrina topic, uh, there's now um, a local recommendation in in Louisiana, in New Orleans. Um, The media is not allowed to call it the Katrina disaster because it was not... Katrina that flooded everything it was the levees breaking it was a federal mistake and the court approved this uh, mandate on the media what oh you didn't hear about this no oh my gosh a
3: mandate on the
2: media yes well a mandate as in uh, a recommend you know like a strong recommendation so the, the city council, they got together. So to be politically correct, you mean? Yes, because, it, you know, it's not, they call it Katrina shorthand. You're not allowed to use Katrina shorthand saying the Katrina disaster because, you know, a day after Katrina was already gone, there was no flooding. It wasn't until the levees broke, which these poor people have been complaining about for years saying, you know, this needs to be fixed. And that's the responsibility of the Army Corps of Engineers to make sure those levees are strong enough. But it doesn't matter anymore. No one gives a crap about Katrina. And here's Bush trying to polish up his his lameness of getting FEMA into gear. Whether it was his fault or not, he's responsible at that point for FEMA. And it just didn't happen. So he's like, oh, it takes some time to get help on the ground. Yeah, you got to get 20,000 Marines in first.
7: Quickly. Secondly, there is a great reservoir of goodwill that uh, wants to help, and that's why he asked us to help, and we're glad to do it. Uh, I need to put a pitch in for the clinton bush org. One of my concerns uh, around any crisis is that shysters show up and take advantage of people's goodwill. <laughs> and-
2: yeah, they're sitting right there. The shysters are in front of my very nose. One of my concerns is that it's Shyster show up. Yeah, like the guy pitching uh Clinton Bush for Haiti.org, which does not exist, a non existent fund. It's a website, and the money goes straight into your own foundation, the Clinton Foundation, and this Texas six hundred million dollar fund foundation. It doesn't even exist. And then you're gonna decide who to give it to? Where's the accounting? Yeah, yeah, really. It's what like a,
3: it's like the same the, the, I know where it is. It's it's, it's sitting there in the same folder of the accounting for the
2: Fed. I uh yeah. Uh we got an analysis um uh, from one of our producers who doesn't want who who works in a nonprofit. Uh, I didn't want to be mentioned my name. For the past two and a half years, I've worked as an accountant for a uh, a non-profit based in Los Angeles. After hearing you mention the annual Clinton payroll and travel budget, I had to do a double take. I reconcile our payroll and expense reports every month. If I extrapolate using my annual numbers to the Clinton payroll, their foundation would need to have approximately 280 employees, assuming similar salaries to ours. Now look. 280 employees for a nonprofit is huge. Most nonprofits I deal with have less than 30 employees and working for a nonprofit, I can tell you salaries are tight and usually compare low to similar jobs. If we can believe that the Clintons are really out to do good, which I'm sure they are, then your report is great news. We should encourage more former heads of state to start nonprofits. 280 new jobs! Imagine that! Maybe this is how the US will save and or create those jobs we have been hearing about. A new nation truly devoted to service. 30 million dollars in payroll, huh? He says, you can take that to the bank. You can
5: take that to the bank.
2: It's it's unbelievable. We want to hear. More. I just
5: love
3: that clip of where, where, where Bush is, or saying to give us money and look out for shysters.
7: <laughs> here goes. One of my concerns uh, around any crisis is that shysters show up and take advantage of people's goodwill and generosity.
2: Do you see any shysters here, John? <laughs> <laughs> I see Bush. Could that be it? Oh, my goodness. So I need that clip. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a good clip. And then, uh, so we spoke to Brooks, who was actually on the uh, the Royal Caribbean cruise ship. Well, uh, let's, before we go
3: to Brooks, let's make sure that we we, get, we reiterate that we do need some contributions. So go to Dvorak.org slash NA or noagendashow.com.
2: Yeah, and don't worry. We're admitted shysters. We're going to spend it on bills, hookers, and blow. Okay? We're right up front about it.
3: Yeah, well, probably mostly on bills. Unfortunately, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, we haven't got enough money to go with the hookers (laughs) and blow.
2: Oh, before I forget, um, Britney Spears is also contributing. Uh, she is donating uh, her. She can't si- even find Haiti on a map. She's donating the silver Versace gown she wore for her high profile comeback appearance at the 2008 she MTV Video Music Awards. <laughs> she can't fit in it. She's donating it to be auctioned off. So she's helping for Haiti. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna give all of my stuff to
3: the assignment shop and send the profits to Haiti. You know,
2: why is it that you, you you get a guy like the you know the Bloomberg reporter who dies unexpectedly while while he's trying to figure out where the two trillion dollars that the Federal Reserve stole went to? You know, he effectively he gets two to the head, and Britney Spears gets to live. This is a this is a, this is a you know. Uh, uh, you know, i got to hear the shyster one more the time. The
7: crisis now. is that shysters show up and take advantage of people's goodwill and generosity. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> I like the way it says shysters. 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 Yeah, I'm a real shyster. Oh. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's not funny. So anyway, this was kind of interesting. Um, so I found out that it was actually President... Clinton, who put together the deal between Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines, the investors, and Haiti to buy up this island, Labadee, which is, uh, I guess it's, it's a part of Haiti, but apparently they own it. And that's where this uh, cruise ship docked. Now, here's what you didn't hear in the news. So, th- I Okay, that-
3: and re- go, re- go back and reiterate. Brooks is the producer, or one of the producers, of uh, Cranky Geeks. Yeah. And he went on a cruise that happened to be, and he, he left just before the earthquake, or just right at the, at the time of the earthquake. And yeah. I remember when he was leaving, he says, well, I'm going to be gone for a week. Uh, I guess I won't be stopping in Haiti like the you know that that's on the agenda, but he did stop there, and he says that the whole reporting that was going on about them you know going in there and, and just partying was was fallacious.
2: No, you no, know, he said they did go out and party, but that this island, Labadee, is 250 miles north of Port-au-Prince. It, you know, the, the reporting made it sound like there was you know just over the fence
3: no i was under the impression from the report that what what i heard when i was listening to the news because we were thinking about well, this must be brooks boat uh it sounded as like they dropped him off the northern part of the island where they just all started partying like partying hardy and then there was maybe a, a you know, like a barbed wire fence to keep right, the other right, the deer right. wells from coming in and getting their food yeah
2: So that wasn't the case at all. And in fact, they raised $250,000 cash on board. Uh, But of course, then they made the mistake of giving it to the Red Cross.
3: They they, they raised over $200,000 on the ship itself. And according to Brooks, they dropped off a bunch bunch of food food and and supplies and stuff that was shipped into the Port-au-Prince. So they were actually a a mercy ship.
2: In a way. Well, Well, so, so that's good. But, you know, it just shows you what kind of reporting you get. And we, of course, copied that verbatim. Good on us. You know, the thing,
3: yeah, I mean, that's the reason people should be giving us uh, some support here. Because we, uh, I mean, we we have a lot of friends that... Are you know first per- person at these things at like the Haiti deal that we, we show that the media is doing really a poor job of uh, reporting anything and we I think are as good as anybody I've heard uh, especially when you listen to these uh, talk show guys uh, the Hannitys and the everybody and the, uh, everybody all of them uh, they they you know their deconstruction is done by you know low paid staffers. And uh, they miss a lot of stuff. And then it's very biased. I mean, Hannity is, to me, I think the most, in some ways, the most entertaining and the most ridiculously biased guy on the air yeah. and he did a uh, survey on his show about the Obama <laughs> the Obama thing I gotta post a picture I took off the screen because it's just so funny because the Obama speech was just as Nick said when you talked to him you know, that was pretty good speech yeah well it was you know for for Nick it was probably a pretty good speech if you haven't heard Obama talk before but it was, <laughs> yeah. an, it was basically another Obama speech that yeah, was
2: yeah it was a g- another great performance great
3: performances performance in but presidential but Hannity history had his, they surveyed their listeners and it was like two percent thought it was really a good speech. Three percent thought it was just neutral, and eighty-five percent thought it really was terrible.
2: Yeah. And I'm thinking this is not even good. Nah, nah. Why are you even putting this? Why bullsh- even why get him off the air? Why are you? Why are you even watching? Is my question. Stop. Watching. I told you. I think he's the most entertaining of the group because he's so bi- he's so he's so knee jerk. Under the heading, uh, not good for you. In Gitmo Nation East, the United Kingdom, uh, kids are now starting to drop dead from this uh, this stuff you can get off the internet called methadrone. Have you ever heard of this? No, I don't know anything about it. M e p h e d r o n e. Maybe you can get uh, some of the the chemical analysis. Methadrone, better known as meow meow, and uh, people who sell and it's legal to sell this. People are selling it off websites, making about twenty-five thousand pounds a week. Cheap drug gives a similar high to that of ecstasy and amphetamine, so you know this shit's going to be outlawed pretty quick. Because we need you kids on heroin, we need you kids on the good stuff. Uh, so uh, kids are dropping dead from this over there, which is—it's kind of like a, uh, I guess it's kind of like a date rape type drug where you kind of go uh, like GHB, where you kind of go lethargic. Uh, but I, I don't, I'm not quite sure why this is legal or what it is. It looks kind of like a packet of the silicone you, you get when you buy a new laptop. Maybe it is that stuff. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> kids be snorting that hey, stuff. Hey, let's just give this to the kids, <laughs> see what they think. But more interesting is uh, there seems to be a rogue manufacturer of Botox, and uh, the feds are very worried about it because... If there is actually someone out there, uh, and uh, the prospect is that it's a factory in Chechnya, churning out raw botulinum toxin, that means that someone could uh, have enough uh, dope of this stuff to go kill people with. Because you know, if you, have, if you have the raw stuff, one drop, one grain of this stuff can, can yeah, take you out. Yeah. So uh, I think that what's next is they're going to outlaw Botox. They've already been trying to tax the thing. And there's a fascinating story uh, from the Washington Post, which I'll put in the show notes at noagendashow.com. You might want me to check it out if you're a user of the Botox. John, you might look kind of look good with some Botox. It's too late for me. No, not at all. It's, that's not true. Have you investigated this? Who gave you that advice? That's not true.
3: I, I looked in the mirror. I said, uh-oh, too late. <laughs> and then, right, so this stuff is 2 methylamino one p tolypropan one one, also known as methyl 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 cation. You know the trouble with the chemistry is that there's about there's about I don't know at least three or four major naming conventions, and then there's a whole bunch of spin-offs. So you, there's all these different words for it until you run into uh, what it might be well. methyl This has something to. I bet you this has something to do with fentanyl. So well, we apparently ourselves. it's quite good. Reason for having a business that sold as ecstasy and nobody noticed.
2: And it's, it's called
3: meow meow. Yeah, well, it's another thing that the kids should avoid. Yeah, kids. Meanwhile, kids, are doing kids it. don't have enough trouble. Here's a story that I thought I, I got a blog and discussed. It's one of the more, more annoying things going on, which is the which is the mark which is the 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 watering down by reprehensible uh, government officials, the watering down of the sex offenders situation where you are now putting some guy who pees in the park on the same sex offender list as a guy, uh, as a 50-year-old man who kidnaps a six-year-old that rapes and murders her. Same thing, according yeah. to these people. Yeah. So here's what's going on now. This is in uh, Valparaiso, which is, is um, some. This is a, I don't know what state this is in. I don't have it. It doesn't say. Two Ben Franklin Middle School students who Valparaiso police said were caught using their cell phones to exchange nude pictures of, of each other. Oh, A practice called sexting sexting are facing criminal charges. A 13-year-old girl and a 12-year-old boy were referred to juvenile probation on the charges of possession of child pornography and child exploitation. In adult court, the charges would carry a maximum penalty of 11 years in prisons. Blah, blah, blah. It goes on. They're going to be on the sex offenders list. So this is basically what they've done is they've criminalized and made sex offenders out of kids who are playing the I'll show you mine if you show me yours game, which I think kids do, if I'm not mistaken. I plead the fifth. The point is, is that these are not these Kids who are taking lewd pictures of each of themselves. Uh, and by the way, when did pornography? I thought I always thought that pornography actually entailed some insertion or some sort of a something other than just a naked picture of yourself.
2: Oh, no, 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 no. And and of course, the crazy thing is that body scanners are not pornography, and that doesn't, and if you're operating with one of these machines, you don't fall under the uh uh sex offender law, where of course you should. Yeah, I think so, too. But if you're going to take it to an
3: extreme uh, and you're going to make every kid who's sexting, you know, taking, you know, somebody taking a picture of themselves uh, into sex offenders. I mean, the whole thing is 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 disgusting, to be honest about, because what they've done is that they so this 12 year old girl or 12 year old boy and the 13 year old girl, they're going to be categorized the same as a murderer rapist. In the in this in the sex uh, offenders uh, deal, where you have to be tracked for the rest of your life, going from town to town, and the guy who pees in the park, same thing. I'm not getting what, unless they actually wanted to water down the the you know the really bad guys uh, and put mix it up so much that everybody's on the list, and so it doesn't make any difference anymore, which is a possibility, I suppose. by your theory, where you think everybody in the high office is a pedophile, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean that could be, but it's it 's an unbelievable trend nobody's going to say anything about it because oh God you know oh child porn's bad, but now i 'm wondering what is what is what is the definition of child porn because this takes me back to the label of a bottle of mouton Rothschild. Uh, that came out, I think it was the seventy three vintage maybe or the I think it was the seventy three or something like that there was a and the, and muton Rothschild always has a little piece of art on the label and there was some it was a pen ink drawing of some i don't know it was a kid a little young kid, just like a naked picture, but it wasn 't even the script i mean it was just it was just a very vague drawing you could people can look up uh, uh, Mouton rothschild uh uh, porn label, and they probably find the picture of it. it's on on the net. Anyway, they they banned it. Oh, it's uh, it's child porn, and I'm thinking, how is this child porn? Where's the porn part of it? A, and where's the child? I mean, there's no child, there's no porn, but it's child porn. So it's like everything is being you know lumped into this thing, and these poor kids for a sexting, which by the way, forty percent of teenagers apparently do this. Um, it's just it, i don't know I find the whole thing reprehensible
5: John
2: C acts no i agree right. i no, I agree with you john and uh and I have a couple of different theories about this first of all it the sickness it is to dichotomize your brain because of course on television all you see is uh viagra ads Cialis ads you know this is all about uh about having sex, uh, every commercial, every other commercial, uh, has a sexual tint to it. So I believe it's, uh, in some ways meant as a mind control measure to, uh, confuse your brain. On the other hand, uh, yes, I do believe that in high government circles, there is a large infiltrate, a large portion of that population are pedofi- pedophiles. And, uh, certainly in some countries more than others. And that, uh, you know, they like to distract attention from themselves, make themselves look like they're all against it, which is very typical, by the way, for all, to, all sorts of criminals. Oh, I'm I'm completely against it. Like, look at the Wall Street guys. It's the same thing. They're all against, you know, stealing and... And, uh, and, and doing, shysters. And shysters, thank you. There you go. It's exactly... It's the same mentality. Oh, you know, I hate shysters. Who's going to say that? The biggest shyster himself. We have a saying in Holland. What you say by yourself is what you say is what you are and and these these sayings don't exist just for no reason and probably even more evil is they want to get these kids into into juvenile homes so they can be abused by the very same people who are trying you know making up these crazy ass laws there's so much abuse going on in these systems child protection services give me a break if people want to look something up that's kind of interesting,
3: look up Boys Town Scandal. Yeah, this is and, the Channel Four, the ITV documentary you have to see. Uh, yeah, and try to find the ITV documentary, which was only which apparently was banned. It was taken off the air, and they destroyed all copies. But there was one VHS tape floating around, which is still available on Google uh, on their Google videos, not the YouTube, and. uh you should just watch it. I mean, it's, and it happens, and it's just all city corruption. And in fact, it sounded to me as though the entire state of Nebraska is completely corrupt. And it looks as though, which, is, which explains that crazy thing that happened, in fact, is brought up in a Katie Kirk interview with Rahm Emanuel, which I actually have for today's show if you want to run it, yeah, uh, where she brings it up, where, where Nebraska got a sweet deal on the health care bill wow. for some
2: unknown reason. Wow. Very interesting combination. So let me just briefly about this documentary. It's actually, I slipped into the show notes, I think, uh, two shows ago. I'll put it in again. It's uh, I think it's called Conspiracy of Silence. No. Uh, maybe it's Pedophilia in the USA. It doesn't matter. But it goes all the way up to the Bush Senior White House. And, uh, the, of course, some of the people uh, who were involved in this scandal, because it was a scandal, are dead, suicided, uh, but it did take place in Nebraska, and it was in the highest echelons of politics in this place called Boystown, USA, originally set up by uh, Father Flanagan, I believe. But at the time, uh, heavy involvement from uh, this uh, guy called uh, Lawrence King, uh, for short, it was Larry King. So obviously, not the uh, not the old white dude. He was a black guy. Yeah. And uh, if you watch that, A black it, Republican, you know, yes. it's just, and it's uh, it's very disturbing, and it's uh, you know, and, and exactly what it is is these these boys are being taken out of the Boys Town USA, being taken to high end parties with politicians and people of influence in Washington D.C. they're D.C. flying in, flown in there, abused, and then uh, sent back. And then, of course, brainwashed that nothing happened, and uh, really, it's disgusting. But it's a real television documentary, and uh, several senators who were involved in this bought the uh, the station off. I think they paid at the time two hundred fifty thousand dollars for it not to air, uh, which seems like uh, a minimal amount. I'm sure there was other pressure going on, but it was I think it was the independent producers who got who had to get paid off. And so now, indeed, very interesting to see. And I want to play this uh, Rahm Emanuel interview. Uh, that Nebraska got this huge payoff. This was uh, around the uh, Medicare payments, I believe. Uh,
3: this is a, this was before the uh, this interview was Katie Couric. Uh, this is an interesting interview for a couple of reasons. It took place before the uh, speech, and it was about what Obama's going to say. But Couric, if she actually, if Couric was like this all the time, she would really get a lot of attention because she was very mean. She was... She was asking crazy questions that were off. And manual did two or three takes, triple blinks and and head head wiggles and whoa. And the kind of, you know, all those kinds of things you do when you're being confronted by a crazy person. And, but, it's, but I tried to say, well, this is where maybe Kirk, she knows she's going to lose her job. And so she, now she's becoming really aggressive as an interviewer. Then I realized, no, she's just irked by the fact that Obama, you know, that they lost Massachusetts. She's like a real Democrat. She's irked that they lost Massachusetts. So she jumps all over Rahm Emanuel and she gives him nothing but crap. And But she does bring up this Nebraska thing about how they got a sweet deal in Nebraska. Why?
4: From his chief of staff, Rahm Emanuel, I began by asking him what mistakes the president will acknowledge tonight.
10: He is not going to sit there and kind of list a set of mistakes uh, in, in his view. What he will do is, in a couple places in the speech talk, take responsibility where he could have done things different or better. Like what? In the sense of communicating and explaining the challenges we had and, the, and what were the missions of what uh, he was setting out for the country to do or tackle in the areas of health care.
4: Will you scale back and, and compromise some of your goals, or will you try to keep basically the same think, legislation
10: in place? I think the the objectives will never change. Okay? So the decision now is... He never had to go question, forward. The, the notion of
2: no, why would he? He's Rahm Emanuel. You don't want to get uh, suicided. Not doing something is off the table.
4: The president says he wants to work with the Republicans, but that really hasn't happened so far. So, what makes you think it will now?
10: The president will continue to reach out to Republicans, offer them the chance to work together. I do think now that the Republicans clearly have forty-one seats with that ability. Comes accountability. Well, they too will have responsibility you know, for it, the direction it, it, this country.
2: It's funny because you know Mickey was in Los Angeles and you know hanging out with all her Democratic uh, actor friends, and uh, and this came up. She says, you know, because she walked in right as the State of the Union was about to start. She says, well, you know, um, the, the Democrat, the Republicans, you know, they're making it hard. They, you know, they're not, they're not cooperating. I said. They don't need the Republicans. They can they have enough votes to pass anything they want. Yeah, but you're the Republican, and even Obama even made mention of this in the State of the Union. Oh well, you know they've got a filibuster. Said that can be removed at any point. You can just have a vote, remove the filibuster rule, but they don't want to do that because they want to use it themselves.
3: The whole forty-one thing. Oh, now the Republicans are responsible for everything. Is so bogus.
2: I don't like the Republicans either.
3: Let's let's play the rest of it. Takes. and the choices we make.
4: As you know, people were pretty disgusted by deals that were made up on Capitol Hill, like the one given to Ben Nelson to win his support. Mm-hmm. If the White House was so involved, was this done with your blessing?
10: Look, we were involved uh, in the legislation all the way through. Were
2: you involved in that?
10: I'm not going to go through all of it. Uh, nah, we nah, the-
2: why? Why? Why tell you, Katie Couric? You're just media. You have to do what I say, biatch. What I pay you for. Nelson deal. Now,
10: we were helpful in getting the bill off the Senate floor and in uh, retrospect to things, as I said to you just earlier, things you would have done different.
4: You're considered a master political operative. You were the guy four years ago, of course, who orchestrated the Democratic takeover of the House. Where were you when Massachusetts was going down in flames <laughs> for the Democrats?
10: Well, I mean, as soon as it was brought to our to my attention or the White House attention, we immediately got involved in it. I suppose, Katie, you could say that I'm responsible
2: uh, for not having done more at the White House. But I, I think that... Uh, in the I think your analysis is spot on, John. This is the kind of question you'd ask at, like, the drinking club. Hey, dude, where were you? Where were you, Mr. Big Man? Mr. Nine-and-a-half fingers? Where were you? Where were you when this was going she down? Gets, she gets meaner. Listen. A
10: period of time... Between her winning the primary and us getting a phone call to get involved, we were immediately up there with whatever resources they asked for and more.
4: Would you say you dropped the ball?
10: That <laughs> I, I Ram Emanuel, well, I- oh, Emanuel, dropped the
2: ball. Oh, that I, Ram Emanuel, dropped the ball. He was
3: uh, blinking a lot, by uh, the way, after when uh,
2: she did uh, that. Uh, uh, I, Ram Emanuel, Ram Emanuel, dropped the ball. And then did he throw a shocker at her right there? so back it up and then it for a question but you have
3: to imagine him blinking like a maniac of
2: course he's like uh, are you are you seriously questioning me the center of chicago hitman politics Rahm Emanuel, as d- 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 dropping the ball
10: between her winning the primary and us getting a phone call to get involved we were immediately up there with whatever resources they asked for and more
4: would you say you dropped the ball
2: that I, I Rama Emanuel, the Dr. White Mom. House,
4: <laughs> the Democrats,
2: you, Katie Couric, Katie Couric. Look, I, I, you know, I don't want to
10: relitigate this, but there's no doubt in my in my mind we could have won that race.
4: Meanwhile, I asked Emanuel if his job is secure. He said, "As long as the president wants me, I'm here." CBS News will, of course, number. Bring-
2: nah, right. nah. Emanuel wants to get out. By the way he wants i'm sure he wants to get out he wants to jump this ship big time i, I would i wouldn't argue that because it, it, he can't it's got to be thankless
3: yeah. and uh i don't see what he's getting out of it's got to be a, a nightmarish job he's working you know he's
2: probably not getting much sleep and you have to be all doped up to even be effective i don't know all right i got to, i got two quick topics which are not to be overlooked john um this is from the BBC. I have not heard or seen any of this anywhere in the United States press. This is from the Financial Times. Uh, General Stanley McChrystal, this is the, the whack job who th- sleeps three hours a night and looks like the Keeper. He says uh, there's been enough fighting in Afghanistan. He says it's time for a political solution. I'm like, wow, this is the guy who was begging for, you know... 40,000 troops. Yeah, he actually says the arrival of the extra 30,000 troops pledged by President Obama and the additional 7,000 troops promised by other NATO countries should deliver very demonstrable positive progress in 2010. He says, uh, you know, the uh, Taliban are at this point part of the political fabric of the country. Now, add to that... And this really blew me away. The UN Security Council committee announced Tuesday it has lifted sanctions against five former Taliban officials, and uh, they've been trying to do. Uh, Russia has been blocking this uh, uh, this this movement to, to you know to basically lift these sanctions. They finally agreed. They said, "Yeah, you know what? Let's uh, we should just lift all these sanctions and uh I think I think that they're trying to settle it, John. I think they are actually trying to buy the Taliban off and settle this thing and just, you know, work it all out. Hey, look. Here's the way I would see it. Look, you know, this is senseless. It's like uh you you know we're you know, you know, their uh, PBS even reported on this. Uh the The trucking supplies supply companies who are funded by U.S. tax dollars—they pay off the Taliban to get a free uh, ride, not a free ride, but a safe ride uh, up to the troops. So you know our money is going to the same guys we're fighting. Taliban, by the way, you know they didn't—they didn't bring down the World Trade Centers if that's what you believe uh it was al qaeda which is now you know, admitted many times over is a fake name it's a brand invented by the cia so this thing is just a big quagmire and, and we all you know, at the end of the day it's all about the the pipeline and the drugs like look why don't we just we'll just split the money with you guys uh, let's take it easy. We'll, you know, once in a while, we'll, we'll give a couple of guys two to the head to make it look look like the war is still going on. We'll let those crazy blackwater guys do it. You know, meanwhile, we'll blow up some shit in Pakistan, and uh, let's just split the dough and, and and get the drugs rolling and the pipeline moving. They are going for a complete settlement. The war is effectively over. Karzai
3: came out with a comment the other day. He was kind of maybe indicating something similar to that, but insisted that Afghanistan is going to need the help. They're going to need help uh, for the next 15 years. He was very specific, which I thought was peculiar.
2: I think I have that clip, actually. Let me see what I have here of uh, Karzai. This is him talking on the BBC last week.
0: I um, uh, was interested in in reconciliation and in bringing the Taliban back um, to their own country many, many years ago. The difference this time is... That now we have the backing of our partners of the United States. Oh, it's
2: our partners, our partners,
0: and uh, for other allies in Europe. Uh, And they're uh, uh,
2: allies.
0: Uh, and of the countries in the region, there is broader, better understanding on the need for reconciliation and on relations with Pakistan, uh, where we have better understanding uh, of our situations, Thank where you. they have suffered as well. Most awesome. important of all, now we have <laughs> a concrete plan of action, uh, a resourced one, uh, re- that would provide opportunities for those Taliban who return.
4: Oh, of Af- course. It is? Jobs, jobs, <laughs> jobs, and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. Yeah!
3: Well, the one thing that the one thing that had to have occurred, if you think about the history of the Taliban in this area and their their crazy uh, um, governance, is that they they were the ones that, for wh- some reason or other, uh, were burning up the poppy fields and making, you know, saying, nope, we're not going to be doing any more of that business.
2: They were getting rid of it. Exactly. It was almost so they decimated. they had
3: to now agree. So the battle had to be between pro-poppy growing and not and not poppy growing. And the Taliban have had to uh, have agreed for some reason or other that, okay, we'll be, we, will, we will be part of this business that we're running in, in Afghanistan of growing poppies and making heroin to be shipped to the idiots in Europe. They must have been convinced that, well, the Europeans are so corrupt, and the only way that the, you know, the new caliphate is ever going to reform is that you let the Europeans kill themselves with this stuff. What, what difference does it make to you? Uh, you should be encouraging it, not tearing down the poppy field, and maybe there's some you know, a debate that went on for the last couple of years, and the Taliban maybe have seen the light and said, hey, yeah, okay, well, you can grow the poppies as long as we get a piece of the action, and we'll try to, you know, settle down into some manageable uh, situation. That's the only thing I can think of happened. Yeah.
2: Well I want a
3: contention is the poppy field, yeah,
2: of course well and the and the, and the oil pipeline, obviously, well, I think they the, don't care about, about
3: pipeline. the pipeline i mean they they're probably getting royalties yeah. for that anyway, yeah
2: they want people to have jobs, build them poppy
3: so uh um, poppy jobs
2: wow. so i suspect
3: and that over the next few years, because the poppy thing is let, you know, except for the occasional, you know, photo op where the, you know, somebody in the army says, whoa, look, we found another poppy field. Unbelievable. We're burning it. Watch, take a picture. We're burning it.
2: <laughs> yeah. But actually they're burning corn in the field next, no, they're next to it
3: They're probably burning it after it's been harvested because people don't even know what a poppy field looks yeah, like. No, of course not. And or it could be a cornfield. You're right. But anyway, the point is, is that they're going to now, it seems to me, if this is what, you know, our theory is, which is the, the whole things about opium uh if our theory is correct that means the price of heroin will drop drastically over the next two or three years and we so need to do that because the commodity
2: investor now exactly you know. yeah and we need to do that because meow meow is uh is t- cutting into the market we need to get rid of that shit get rid of the coke get rid of the meow meow get rid of the e and get everyone on heroin it's good for you
3: I was the heroin epidemic in the seventies, which is an era I think there was a lot of activity going on. In fact, there was a number of movies made about Afghanistan being the Paris of the you know of that part of the world, and they had the hippies were moving to Afghanistan. It was like it was, it was a party <laughs> it's, town. It's
2: crazy, dude.
3: <laughs> And that was like in 72, <laughs> something like that. And that's when there was, you know, people were getting strung out on heroin. And there was a, uh, uh, the song by Steely Dan, Chasing the Dragon, which is a right. reference to uh, smoking it. And, yeah,
2: um, sounds right. All right. Then uh, I've got one more, which is very worrisome. There's actually a YouTube clip of Canadian news broadcast to go along with this, which uh, I bumped into. And I did some research and found a couple of... Uh, this is a very good very well sourced article with uh, with links. Uh, this is about the upcoming uh, Olympics in uh, Canada. I believe it's in Vancouver, right? The uh, yeah. Winter Olympics. Vancouver. So, so there is a uh, a high likelihood according to sources that there could be a false flag terror attack on the Olympics. And uh, you have to understand up front that a deal has already been struck if something happens up there. U.S. troops move into Canada, <laughs> and is that actually? I'm not I got, buying this one. Well, I got the news report, so I'll play that in a second. So, first of all, what's happened is six thousand tons of ammonium nitrate has gone missing from a storage facility in the Vancouver area. Wow, six thousand tons. Yes, and and what is ammonium that nitrate? Vancouver. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and this is from a company that was recently bought for twenty-two billion dollars. So the company that lost 6,000 tons of ammonium nitrate was purchased for $22 billion by Goldman Sachs, AIG, the Carlyle Group, amongst others. The company uh, was called Kinder Morgan. Either Kinder or Kinder. Kinder would be kind of funnier. Kinder Morgan. It's Kinder. Yeah, I know, but it sounds better. Uh they did not report these 2 tons missing for over 2 months due to a clerical error. Hey John, you seen that 6000 tons of ammonium nitrate anywhere? I-, I missed it. I think it's in my backyard. So listen to the uh news reports from Canada. And uh you will uh you'll get a little better view as to uh, what uh, is possible that could happen and why this would happen. And, of course, that would be to bring in the North American Union with the troops.
9: body scanners could soon land at an airport near you. CBC News has confirmed the federal government plans to introduce the high-tech scanners at all of Canada's major airports. The transportation minister is, in fact, holding a news conference this afternoon to outline the new security measures. Breaking news from Ottawa. For weeks, we've been hearing that Prime Minister Stephen Harper was considering asking the governor general to suspend parliament. Now he has got his wish. Think
8: about this for a moment. The American
1: army crossing the border into Canada. That is part of the plan if there's a major emergency during the Olympics. Just three weeks before the Olympic Games, two tons of explosive material missing from a Surrey storage facility still isn't
2: accounted for. CTV News broke the story of missing ammonium nitrate earlier this month. And tonight we have learned how the Mounties are stepping up their search for it. That's the part I missed, by the way, that the government has been suspended conveniently during all of this. So, what is this music in the background? Uh, where what, what would you, where'd right, you this get is, this clip? Uh, this is you know, one of those YouTube things where they try to produce it. Hold on, this more. I don't like the music either. These
3: guys are trying to dramatize things with music. Give me a break. Hey, you guys who do that stuff,
2: Stop, stop it. Stop doing that, yeah. The
9: apparatus of Olympic security is becoming apparent. Along with the fencing around venues are the security cameras, hundreds of them. Kirk Williams is live outside GM Place where the cameras were put in today. Kirk?
1: Hey, and Gloria, if you live around here or you plan on attending an event at GM or BC Place, chances are you will be on camera. The question is what to do with them after the games.
9: The words are alarming. Last night, we reported on a U.S. State Department travel advisory for people coming here during the 2010 Winter Olympics. U.S. officials are telling visitors that our games could be a prime target for Al-Qaeda terrorists.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So all we need now is an exercise. We need a drill. We just need just be on the lookout for uh, someone doing an, a terrorist uh, anti terrorist drill around the Olympics, and then you know what's going to happen.
3: Yeah, they seem to be. That's almost maybe like a code or something to just to tell it warn people. So, in other words, the drill takes place. Uh, do yourself a favor and don't do something you know that was obviously related or going to be related. Could so, be. I mean, I mean, you, your your list of coincidences. Ah, uh, you are coincidence.
5: Fast. I think not.
3: Uh, I think is valid. Thank you.
2: And on that note, on that yes. happy note, <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, before you, well, I got one more thing. But it'd be depressing, more depressing.
2: Oh, good. Let's hit. There's
3: me. a new meme Now, this is a long clip, but you're only going to play it to a to a point, which is a, maybe a minute in. But uh, there's a new meme that people have to keep an eye out for. I started I first heard it on some right wing talkers, and then I ran into it on this PBS thing. And that is that there's going to be some sort of an attack within the next four years using a weapon of mass destruction, and the meme very slowly evolves into the weapon of mass destruction will probably be a bioweapon. Yeah, of of botulism. (laughs) Could be. That's a good point. That's a nice. That's a nice catch. But there's going to be an attack of some sort, and we are ill prepared to deal with it, which is another one. So it's a combination product here we're dealing with in terms of a meme. But this is an interview that took place with a couple of guys, ex senators or whatever, that, that that do this report every so often about our readiness, and it turns out that our readiness is close to nil. And where is this uh, that, where
2: is this from, this report?
3: This is on this was on your news hour uh sponsored by Chevron.
2: Oh, and Toyota and uh Everybody. Uh, Monsanto, here we go.
9: Being here, great to be here. Let's start with your assessment. Actually, 14 months ago, is there any doubt in your mind? And I'll begin with you, Senator Graham, but either of you, that the threat remains as you assessed it then. That within the next four years, it is likely, or more likely than not, that some terrorist somewhere in the world will use a weapon of mass destruction.
1: Uh, If anything, the odds that we gave a year ago, which was more likely than not, have probably gone up in the past 14 months. That is, it is higher than just a straight, slightly more than 50-50, that someplace on Earth a terrorist group would use a weapon of mass destruction between now and the end of 2013. And the reason for that uh, is that accessibility, particularly of biological materials, has increased. Uh, The sophistication of al-Qaeda, as we saw on Christmas Day, uh, has become, if anything...
2: Put it in the guy's crotch, sophistication. (laughs)
1: Sophistication. Sophistication, <laughs> greater and more diffused. Uh, we believe that uh, the risk is real and growing.
9: And this was a unanimous finding. Oh,
1: yeah, and, and we'll reduce. Uh, we'll reach a probability. By around 2013. Of course, we don't have intel telling us the attacks going to occur in 2013. But if you look at the trend lines, uh, it's a short-term risk. That's, that was our point. This is not the next generation that has to worry about
9: And when this. you say trend lines, briefly, what do you mean?
1: Well, although we are doing things, we are making progress in particular areas as a government and, and with allies, they are active also. And it's like we're running, but they're running faster.
9: All right, so let's take one of the, the F that I think made everyone the most nervous, which was that a system still hadn't been developed to respond quickly to a bioterror attack. Now, are you talking about what
2: you know who's, who uh, who's really heavily the, is uh, Israel is uh, does drills all the time for bioterror attacks with the, with the whole population everyone you know it's like the duck and cover stuff. everybody knows what what to do they, they did one just two weeks ago. Yeah, we don't do that. No.
9: Preventing mass casualties? What do you mean by that?
2: No, no, we take pictures of you naked. First, we we mean deterrence. Uh, The reality is that if
1: a terrorist gains access to a biological weapon, they're going to ask themselves, where can we use this weapon to the greatest effect? So the degree to which you are prepared to respond to it becomes a significant amount of your deterrence that it will not be used against you. But if you are attacked, uh, the adequacy of your response capabilities can reduce the number of casualties into the thousands, not the tens, or hundreds of thousands, and therefore make it something less than a mass destructive event.
9: So, Senator Talent, what is missing in that area? What hasn't been done? Well, it, unfortunately,
1: about everything is missing. I mean, we've not stockpiled the countermeasures. Uh, we didn't even have enough vaccines for H1N1 with six months' notice. We don't have uh, planned systems for distributing
2: the con- Oh, okay. So we have to stock up on uh, on anti, uh, anti-bio crap? Uh, I guess apparently you have to stock up on
3: everything, and and and, and you know you have to you know vaccines for uh, anthrax, which are incredibly dangerous, and all these other things. I guess I have no idea. Um, I mean, I, all I know is I'm seeing the meme. I'm not sure what the end game is. It's, it probably is to spend a bunch of money, and. um I have no idea. If there's some phony, bloney uh, false flag event in Vancouver, that will just ex- expediate these things. In other words, th- what we're hearing here is a prelude to a kind of a, let's panic the American public again and get them to, you know, cough up a bunch of money and then be, we- you know, leery of everything and put up with the scanners that you're going to be have at the airport. So these guys can get their rocks off. Not that that's what they're doing. Um, but come on. And, uh, I don't know. Just the whole thing. I mean, I just keep seeing these, the meme. I keep hearing it, and so I'm thinking something's up, and it's going to resolve itself probably within the next month or two, and we'll discuss it in great detail. Yeah, if we're but still we, alive. But we have it, it's like everything else <laughs> we do on this show, yeah. and we've done it from the H1N1 and even before. We we're so far ahead of the game. The financial, really the, John,
2: the financial crisis. Uh, I called the stock market exactly. By the way, as to what the low would be, H1N1. We've called all of this stuff. Time, you know, it, it gets to the point where by the time everyone's like, "Oh, that was a scam," they've forgotten that we were the ones telling it was a scam.
3: So this is a, this is a new one. This is a new scam coming up. It's just cropping up in too many of the places. You know, this is like we talk about how the the intelligence agencies will have these things planted so they can get the word out. These this meme is cropping up in the in all the right places. Yeah, it just Uh-oh. keeps cropping up here and there, and here and there, all the places that you know get the you know the word out, and so next, stage two is coming up, and I don't know what that's going to be. It could be yeah, this push. Vancouver thing, or the Vancouver thing could be a, a red herring
7: pushed ngos would be to would be to oh, wow. and so therefore people want to help weister show up and take it my concerns uh around any crisis is that shyster show up and take advantage of people <laughs> that's got to I mean, be the
2: title of the show shyster <laughs> show up, up. <laughs> is that with a y? A y? S h y s t e r s. yeah shysters <laughs> so of course just talking in this way, that is actually terror. This, this is actually what terror is all about, about frightening people. And you know what? I, I just gotta say it again. You have all the tools to be happy and to fight this within yourself. Okay? You can be a happy person. Just look at John and I. We're happy. <laughs> We're so incredibly <laughs> happy. And we, and you know what? We're, we are proud to serve you and keep an eye out for the shysters that show up.
3: Yes, and and we will be happier, by the way, if you go to the uh, noagendashow.com and click on the donation button.
2: Yeah, and uh, even if you give us a larger amount, please consider signing up for our $5, or even better, the lucky $30 a month uh, donation program. And it is quite lucky, because you can get a job. It's karma. it's karma. It's proven. We have more people emailing and telling us that they've gotten a job because they, uh, right after they donated, and then they usually come back and donate more, and we need it, because uh, I got to go right now, it's 11.15, I've got a meeting at noon. Who does a meeting at noon? (laughs) That's a lunch meeting. Yeah. Coming to you from the minimum security containment cell, Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West, San Francisco, California, in the morning. I'm Adam Curry.
3: And from northern Silicon Valley, where the sun is out
2: again, uh, but I'll bet you it's going to cloud up tonight at C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Sunday for early service right here on No Agenda.